recording. <clears throat> Good evening. Uh, what we want to do is review, review things that we know about. But sometimes uh, when you review them, they get clearer. And uh, the point is that the Seder, which is the most popular, probably the most popular Jewish event of the year, and that uh, many, many Jews who are not uh, particularly careful about doing mitzvot make it their business to, to have a Seder, to join in a Seder. I mean, you know that uh, every year I'm amazed at the uh, Chabad Shaliach in Kathmandu uh, runs a Seder that's attended by every wayward Israeli wandering around in uh, India or in the Himalayas. So that the uh, Seder is something that's sort of attractive. It gets us. And I'm not sure that it gets us only because it's a meal. I mean, after all, we have meals every Shabbat, special meals. But the special meals of Shabbat are not quite as enticing as the meal of the Seder. So we have to kind of unpack the Seder a little bit in order to try to understand why the Seder is such a strong, has such a strong pull on us. Why we're so interested in the Seder. First of all, Let's remind ourselves of the name, Seder. Why do we call it a Seder? I mean, we could call it a Pesach meal. We could we could call it uh, the Pesach story. Why do we call it a Seder? The word Seder uh, in Hebrew probably means order. And you know, order is a very important notion for uh, Jewish thinkers. They, they like the idea of Seder. They, they like the idea, like the, that the things might have, uh, that they might have, that things might have an order to them. You know, when HaKadosh Baruch created the world, there were kind of two options in telling the story. One was to say, look, what do you understand? You know, they think about creating the world. You understand they think about God. You don't say whatever. So just take it as it is. God created the world, and that's the end of the story. But the, the Torah didn't take that position. The Torah told us something about the creation of the world that we do understand. And that is that there was an order that something was created on day one and something on day two, etc. And all of that is called Seder. That's called Seder. And that kind of Seder is a word, that word Seder, which comes ultimately from the creation of the world goes goes to the Pesach Seder. Was there something colossally important about the Seder on Pesach which enables us or directs us to call it a Seder? 
It's like saying, you know, God had order in the creation, and we, we want to also produce things that have an order. And we know that the Torah commands us to tell the story. The Torah doesn't command us to have a meal with all kinds of interesting variations. It's true that the Torah commands us to eat the Korban Pesach, the Paschal sacrifice. But that's not quite a meal. I mean, maybe it is, but it disappeared with the sacrifices who also disappeared. What we're left with is a meal. And that meal is different than other meals that we have during the, during the year. So first, let's look at, or together remember, you know, some people even have a tune for the order of things. And it was not only is there an order, not only is it a Seder, but the order of things is actually stated and has become for most of us part of the Agadah. Agadah is the book that contains the Seder, which is the essential component of telling the story. Like the story is told in, an, in accordance with a certain order of things. Some of them are part of the Seder, some of them are part of the storytelling, and some of them are part of the, 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 the question that we do things in a strange way, in a different way, in a way that is uniquely connected to Pesach. So here's the Seder. The Seder begins with the words, Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachas. Now just look at those words. Kadesh has nothing to do, making Kiddush on the night of the Seder, hasn't got so much to do with telling the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, of the exodus from Mitzrayim. Because we make a key, we make Kiddush on Pesach, on Rosh Hashanah, on, on Shavuot. I mean, Kiddush is, is the way we say something important about the day. That the day was a day that was determined by the Torah to be special. The day, right? We're not talking about the mitzvah of, of telling the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Not that. And then, and the day, what, what makes the day special is that it has a certain amount of kedusha. The word kedusha refers to kind of a sanctity which is expressed by the fact that we don't, it's expressed by the fact that we don't do certain kinds of labors on that day. We, we kind of refrain from doing certain things. And by refraining from doing so, we have kind of said that that day is special. So the day of Pesach, besides telling the story, is a special day. And like all the special days of the year, we say Kiddush on that day. We say Kiddush on that day. We drink a little bit of wine. I'm drinking a little bit of wine. That became part of the story of Pesach, in other words, we drink four cups of wine on the night of the Seder because they are full the Shonot of Geula, that, that God says, that there are four different verbs that are used 
to describe Yitziat Mitzrayim, four different verbs. And those four different verbs, those four different verbs obviously refer to four different aspects of Yitziat Mitzrayim. I mean, otherwise, why use, why use the different, the different uh, verbs? So that really you might say that the beginning of the, of the telling the story, the beginning of the telling the story is by drinking the wine. We know that halachically that means that every person has to drink his own cup of wine. Every person that you're Seder, which is different than Friday night or Yom Tov or other days of Yom Tov, where it's not quite as necessary, even though Amin Hag is the chair, but on the night of Pesach, sharing is not good enough. Everybody has to drink his or her own uh, a cup of wine so that the first cup of wine becomes part of the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. Interestingly enough, we do it by drinking the wine. We do the Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim by changing the way we do Kiddush. As I said, the way we usually do Kiddush is that one person drinks the wine and others may share with him. But on this night, on the night of Pesach, everybody drinks a cup of wine. And everybody knows that that cup of wine, or if you drink grape juice, that's also also okay, but some people like to drink the wine. It's the first of four cups of wine, and the first of four cups of wine reflect the fact that there were four Lishonot, four different verbs used to describe the redemption from Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So it turns out that the beginning of the story, the beginning of the story, after the statement about the Seder, right? Remember, Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, Maged, that all of that ordering of things, right? Saying how important it is, how significant what we're about to do is, how connected it is to the order in the world, right? So the first thing that we do as part of the Sipu Yitzhak Mitzrayim, telling the story and fulfilling the mitzvah of telling the story of the life of Seder is actually drinking the first cup of wine. And that's kind of hidden, you know, it's like hidden away. You don't know it unless you know it. And it's important to explain it and it's important to tell the story in that way and make sure that everybody understands that drinking the wine and the first cup of wine is something that is connected to telling the story. Now, the connection is not sort of clear or obvious, but once you understand that there are four different verbs that are used for gula, the four cups of wine somehow represent those four four different verbs of, of Geula. I mean, you know, that's the way the Chazal understood it, right? And it makes, actually, when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense to kind of change yourself, to kind of feel it, feel it going into you so that the continuation of the story, the continuation of the story is, uh, is, uh, clear. Now, there's another aspect to 
Pesach. There's another aspect to doing the mitzvah of uh, of Sipu Yitziat Mitzvah and telling the story, and that is that we're very concerned that the people who come to the Seder, the people who are there, that they understand that something important is going on, that they don't get lost in the words of the Haggadah and kind of just wait for it to end. We are concerned about them, but we have to tell the story in a way that they understand. I mean, the basic text is traditionally the Haggadah. We're not going to change that. But somehow we have to make the presentation reasonable and acceptable. Now, if at your Seder you have great scholars, great Torah scholars, so then you have to do that for them as well, even though they know the story and they've heard the story. And the Haggadah itself teaches us that. You have to kind of adapt it even to the people who are very, very, very clever and very learned. They have to be a new insight. They have to be able to kind of speak about the story that they know so well in a way which could be defined or understood as being novel, being new. Because if you don't have a novel idea, if you don't have something to say about what is going on, well, then it's not yours. You didn't do anything, really. So what we want to make sure is that people who are involved in in the Seder have something to say about it. And the way that you get something to say about it is that you kind of review it beforehand. If you review it beforehand and you get something to say about it, then you will be able to tell the story. Because when you tell a story, where you tell a story, I mean, it's either your story or it's not your story. You want it to be your story. You want to say, this is how I felt when I left Mitzrayim. This is what it meant to me. This is why the Torah makes such an ASIC, such a, so concerned about my ability to tell the story. Because if I don't tell the story, with all of my energy and all of my capacity and all of my talent, I don't do that. That I haven't done it, I haven't done it at all. Not at all because the story only exists when I tell it. There is no story. I mean, it's amazing that even though the Torah tells me the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the Haggadah tells me all kinds of things. But it does not just tell me the psukim in the Torah. I mean, why not? The, the, the Haggadah say, you don't need a Haggadah. You don't need the book that tells you all kinds of interesting things about Pesach. Just take the simple, straightforward Why doesn't the Haggadah just tell me the psukim in the Torah that describe Yitziat Mitzrayim? Well, then, if that's what the Haggadah had done, 
if that's what the Haggadah had thought about Sipu Yitzir, that that was the obligation of Sipu Yitzir at Mitzrayim, then you wouldn't be telling a story. You'd just be repeating information that was given to you by a by a, a divine source, but not you. It's not your information. It's not your Haggadah. It's not your storytelling. And since the Torah wants us to tell our story, as though each of us was part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, I, 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 that's what the Torah says. The Torah says, you can't just say the psukim. You can't just say those verses that are about the Yitzhak Mitzrayim. You have, to, you have to say your story. You have to say what you want to say. And and you remember that the Haggadah emphasizes the fact that the story that you tell has to be a story that is received well by whoever happens to be around. And the Haggadah says explicitly, there could be a son who's chacham, a smart, wise son, right? A rasha, a wicked son. She know your daily show kind of son. Somebody who doesn't know what's going on, you know, like sort of uh, out of it. So each of these sons, each of these four sons, four sons parallel to the four cups of wine again, each of those four sons deserves a story. And each of those four sons, given the chance, can tell a story. Can tell a story. It's a important that everybody should be able to participate, not only because it's nice to participate, and not only because it's kind of the the modern way to do things, but because that's called doing the mitzvah. That's how you do it. You you participate. You participate. And the Haggadah takes the, tells the trouble to, to tell us, you know, even if you're by yourself, the Haggadah says, going back to the Mishnah, of course, but the, but the Haggadah, the Haggadah quotes it. Going back to yourself. Even if you're alone, you have to follow those guidelines. It has to be in order, and it has to be a real story. It has to be something novel. Something novel is important. You can't just can't just say, "Oh, I I read it someplace, or I've heard about it, or isn't it true that the same thing happened to some uh, other group of people and so other?" No, you can't say. I think none of those, none of those are are what we're interested in. We're interested in telling our story, which is not a bad thing. Which doesn't mean in any way that I deny or, or object to telling a different story. Certainly not. But telling our story is also is also something important. Something important. So if you go through the Haggadah, if you go through the Haggadah, I'm, talking, I'm speaking before Pesach. Before the night of the Seder, go to the Agadah, you'll see all kinds of signposts which would enable you to say something, to be interested in, to be part of, to say something about 
to say something about the Haggadah. We go back to the Seder. Kadesh Urchatz Karpas Yaka Magid. Magid. So the word Magid refers to telling the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. As we said, the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim is not about quoting the Psukim in the Torah that tell the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim. But again, it's about telling the story of your participation in Yitziat Mitzrayim. Yitziat Mitzrayim is, after all, an event that lives on. It's part of us. It's something that we can't avoid. And we have to come to grips with it. We have to be able to say what it is for me. And that it doesn't have to be the same as it is for somebody else. What is it for me? How do I, how do I do Yitzhak Mitzrayim? How do I talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Because all of these things are, all of these things. So that's, that's under the caption of Magid. Under the caption of Magid. Again, from the beginning, Kadesh is Kiddush. You say Kiddush, Rachza, you wash your hands, then Karpas, then Yachatz, we break apart of Matzah. Right? You remember, like, all of these things happen. There are things, a series of things that happen in the meal that we're eating or that we're preparing to eat, which generate questions on the part of the children or the other people that don't have to be children. Everybody can ask a question. It is it why? Why do we wash and why? Why are we eating carpas, which is often like potatoes? Why do we break the matzah? Why do we take one part and put it here and another part and put it there? So all of these are questions about procedure, and questions about procedure are easy to ask because everybody knows. Hey, I don't do that usually. I don't do that other meals that we eat during the year. So you know that questions and answers are the a kind of stuff that Talmud Torah is made out of. That studying the Torah, when you study Gemara, you study Halacha, I mean, it's a question and answer festival. That's the way we do it. That's the way we do it. The, 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 the Torah is always resolving our questions. And when our questions remain unresolved, we come back to them again and we find somebody else who can, who can perhaps answer those questions. So that, on the one hand, it's true the meal has some kind of curiosity, curious uh, features to it. And those curious features of, the, of, that, of that meal uh, are they in you know, order that people should ask what's going on, what's happening, whether those are good. But if you look a little bit more carefully, the questions that you might ask are, are more significant, are, are more significant, either we want to involve, we want to involve the children. That's why we have, we hide away the matzah that we break in order that the children should have a chance to determine what's happening in the Seder. We let them hide the Afikoma, right? So that we should be able to look for it, to find it, 
has nothing to do with the story of of, uh, of Pesach, but participation is so important for us. We want the children to participate. It doesn't matter, apparently, what the nature of their participation is, as long as they are participating in something serious with their parents and their grandparents. They know that. They know that it's serious. They may not know to express in words what it is that they're doing, but they know that we're doing it together, that we all think it's of great significance. And this is something that is special about the meal that we have on Pesach, something very, very special. And then we get to the way I, from that participation, we get to Magid. We get to Magid. After Magid, we wash again. Motsi Matzah. Motsi Matzah means we do the mitzvah of Achilat Matzah. That's the kind of primary, the two mitzvot of the evening. One is telling the story, which we've done because we prepared and we thought about it and we had something to say. All of these things are very important. And then we do the other mitzvah of the evening, which is eating matzah, eating some some actual matzah, which we prepared. We prepared the matzah in advance. Uh, it's important to get, uh, well, you know, if you learn, if you learn the halachot, if you learn the halachot of the matzah, then you you'll see that that taking you could take really special care in build in making that matzah. You take special care and uh, seriousness, even though even though you know a special matzah looks very much the same as a Regular matzah, especially if they're made by machine, they look exactly the same. Nevertheless, there's a difference in the care that is taken in certain in certain kinds of factories where they make matzah and other kind and other kinds of of, uh, of factories. And you know, there's people who go to great lengths to get special matzot. Sometimes even the round matzot that Hasidim like so much and uh, became popular today uh, amongst even non-Hasidim like those kind of but that's the mitzvah the mitzvah is to eat to eat a certain amount I mean you know like in all things the halacha is not perfectly clear but you have to eat a certain amount of matzah my my suggestion is that you eat the matzah for seven minutes and that'll do it. That will do it. And then you have to eat the, there's a, another mitzvah that we do and that is we eat maror, bitter herbs, bitter, recognizing the fact that uh, the stay in Mitzrayim was not always pleasant, that the Egyptians were made a difficulty for us. For us, so that somehow the story is intertwined with the eating and then further intertwined with the drinking of the four cups of wine, which go throughout the entirety of the Seder. And the entirety of the Seder is seen as being 
a process of uh, a process of of seder, of order, and so the story bigadol, as they say in Israel today, bigadol. You know, the big story is that it all happened as it should happen. It all was necessary. And so in order to understand the necessary, you have to go back, you have to go back to the beginning and ask yourselves, why was slavery, the introduction of slavery in the history of the Jewish people necessary? What did the Jews of that age get out of it? Get out of slavery, and uh, uh, the Haggadah itself answers that question in a variety of of, way, of ways. One is to say that bitchila of the that slavery somehow was necessary in order to dislodge us from the tradition of idolatry that was part of us and that reared its ugly head later on in the story of the golden calf. And then the second story is we were slaves because slavery is something that we learned about because we, we wanted to be able to understand the distinction between being enslaved to God, which was positive, and being enslaved to people, people to people, which was seen as being, which was seen as being a negative. Uh, I don't think we have time to go through that uh, today, but but I think the ideas that we've tried to present are sufficient. Uh, Seder, Kiddush, wine, inclusion, children, and the, the wisest people and the children should all be included. You should have something to say about the Seder, which is yours, belongs to you. It doesn't really matter if you say something that no one else said or you say something that you learned about someplace. All of that is wonderful as long as it kind of reflects your attitude, your understanding, and your feeling. And that's part of the, of the, of the Seder. That's part of the Seder itself. Okay, we have a few minutes. If somebody has a question, shout it out. If not, if not, I wish you well. I wish you well. It's uh, after, after Purim on its way to Pesach. Uh, remember, if you have a question to ask about Pesach, ask everybody. Make sure you run quickly and ask your rabbi. If you, have, if you want, you can send me an email, and I will be happy to give an answer if I can. Okay? All the best. Have a wonderful Pesach uh, and uh, we'll continue to learn Torah together.